Welcome on into our live edition take two tonight of Coach's Corner. Uh, sorry about being a little late, but we are here now. We are live again, once again, from the Wild Hair Beer Company in Spring Hill, Tennessee, with your host Ryan Watson, Jonathan Bourne. Come on down and see us sometime. Darren and Chris will take care of all, take care of, all of your beer needs. As always, we are brought to you by Broadway Sports Media, partner with 440 Sports. Find all of our great content at broadwaysportsmedia.com. Speaking of broadwaysportsmedia.com, Jonathan, we have had an influx of articles. If you have not checked that out yet, please do yourself a favor. Go on over to the website and check out everything that has been hitting the website daily. One of those new contributors we have we have with us here tonight is Mr. Easton Freeze. You can find him at Easton Freeze on Twitter. Easton dropped an article today, as a matter of fact, which is going to be the, the primary subject of our first part of our show here at 4.30 p.m., and I read through it, man. It was so good. Easton, welcome to the show tonight. Hey, thanks for having me. No problem, man, and, and I guess I should say I've, I've said it in chats before, but uh, welcome to Broadway. Thank you very much. I'm very, very excited to be with you guys, and I've been following since, uh, since the site started up last year, so I'm excited to be a part of it. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Know, and I know that there's been a lot of warm welcome and a lot of compliments online uh, about filling Mike's shoes. I don't know if anybody can fill Mike's shoes. That's not an article comment or a, a talent content. That's just that's a very large man. He's just got very large feet and large shoes to fill. So, <laughs> not a very large man. It's, uh, it's going to be a challenge. I guess I'm just going to start working out a ton. Yeah, I he's he's what is he seven foot eight? I don't know. He's he's tall and and he's going to be missed. But but Mike, uh, you know. He did some great stuff. You're doing some great stuff already. And, and what I'd like to talk about a little bit is you were able actually, actually able to make it out to the live practice the other night on Monday night. I, I'm not sure when people are going to be checking this out live or on the podcast, but just not to confuse anybody. The live practice here recently at uh, Nissan for the Titans. Um, how was that? Was that was that kind of cool to be around fans again for for a live sporting event? Man, it really was. Um, it was it was really an interesting atmosphere because you're so used to being in Nissan Stadium with a ton of fans and, you know, you walk in yesterday and it is really kind of an intimate thing. I mean, intimate with, with 7,000 of my closest friends, right? But um, we're all in the lower bowl and up against the gate. And so with a ton of fans and, you know, you walk in yesterday and it is really kind of an intimate thing. I mean, intimate with, with 7,000 of my closest friends, right? But um, we're all in the lower bowl and up against the gate. And so with a ton of fans and, you know, you walk in yesterday and you're playing somewhere really kind of an intimate thing. I mean, intimate with, with seven. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, apparently the uh, feed here on the, on the screen so we can see the chat was playing that what you're so, so pick us up right where you just, I just left. really liked what you were saying. Right <laughs> there, so I wanted to hear it about four different times. Was possible, so. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was like, was I, I heard somebody that sounded just like me saying the same thing back to me. I got really confused for a moment, but, um, I was like, yeah, goodness, was, Easton's was, caught in a loop here. <laughs> <laughs> Live shows, yay! All right, sorry yeah. about that. Go ahead, pick pick up where you were. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, so it was a really cool experience. Um, the best part about it was just being able to be so close to the action, right? I mean, with so few people, everybody kind of got a spot in the first couple rows, um, spread out around the lower bowl. Um, the team the team handled the practice different than I hear these live practices or open practices have gone in the past. In the past, apparently. It's it's been kind of a more of a show thing for the fans. Not really been much in terms of, of actual substance for the players on the field. Um, but they handled this practice yesterday just like um, I imagine they, they handle a practice at training camp. You know, they, they came out and started in their individual uh, unit groups with their individual coaches, started stretching out. I mean, it looked a lot like like we were all over there at St. Thomas watching, um, watching them at training camp, which – which they talked about, uh, both JR and, and Mike Brable got a chance to, to talk on the microphone to everybody and, and just let, let everyone know how disappointed they were to, to not have people out there at, at St. Thomas Park right now. You know, they've got the construction going on. Right. And so they can't have, they can't have fans right now. But um, you could kind of tell, you could tell the players were, were kind of amped to be in front of fans for the first time in a while. They were, they were ham, hamming it up a little bit, you know, coming – coming as close as they, as they can to us, you know, with the, with the COVID guidelines and, and talking and winking and waving. And, uh, but they, they started out just, just doing regular team practice warm up. Um, they stretched it out and uh, they, they got into a couple different periods as well. So it was exciting. 
That's awesome. Yeah, and I, from the videos you were posting, you had a pretty good angle there. And I know they made some announcements uh, talking about the YouTube, a Titan story, Mississippi made, uh, chronicling Jeff, Jeffrey Simmons and A.J. Brown and, and kind of their rise throughout the, the ranks there. So that's going to be something cool for the Titans fans to check out. But, yeah, we got a comment here. This is the field looked great. Players looked pumped. I mean, I, 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 can't, I can't imagine that it, that it would have been a better uh, environment. It sucks that you weren't over St. Thomas Park. But having that kind of – electric did you kind of get the, the the feeling from the players they really fed into that like kind of like like having fans for a game how, how that rises their 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 ability and their play oh yeah yeah it was it was really cool they they came out and, and at first it was it was kind of like getting to know somebody for the first time they, they came out and a lot of them especially the newer guys didn't seem to really know how to handle being in front of kind of a weird setting usually they're you know on their own or they're in front of thousands of people, they could be in front of a couple of people, and they've not had that experience this offseason so far. And so at first it was kind of them just doing their job, kind of like a you know an exhibition where we're just watching through the glass. But as the night went on, they started to really interact more, get loose. Um, you know, a lot of kids there yelling out, AJ, and you know, Julio came in, and, and everybody really lost their mind. Julio, Julio walked out about midway through the practice, and you know, he was just an advisor and wearing a jersey and uh, street clothes otherwise. But he was just there hanging out with Eric and AJ on the sidelines just being part of the team. And uh, and and his his face on the jumbo time when he walked out, everybody kinda of lit up and there's a big there was a big roar amongst the crowd and so um, it was it was an exciting night. The the players you, you can tell you can tell the way that the fans were acting just in the concourses and the stands. There's there's an excitement for this team this year that is that is different. Um, there's there's a lot of star power on this team. There's a lot of known quantities on this team. I think in the past, a lot of the Titans' lead up to a season has been hope driven. You know, right. on paper, down decent. Um, things that uh, you know, different pieces that they look better. You know, for the first time in a long time, there is a lot about this team that is a known quantity. So, Easton, you're, we're having a little bit of a connection issue, so hopefully the uh, no sort, sorts of connection issues with Tannehill and some of the receivers. I saw some reports about um, so, some big plays that were out there, and I know a lot of times that uh, you have the, these practices with fans in the stands. There's the, the team can sometimes go out of their way to uh, create some fanfare, create some excitement, rather than practicing your interior run plays, which are uh, very practical on a football field, not as fun for a fan out of practice to watch. Did you see any of that out there? Anything exciting that maybe the Titans went out of their way to put on for the fans? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the play calling was probably a little bit gratuitous, right? You know, they they, they did run some some running plays, but they were they weren't in pad, full pads or anything. They were just wearing helmets, and uh, so so there was a lot of deep shots taken, um, probably more than you see in typical uh, drives. But but other than that. You know, at the, at the end of the night, the players had signed about 500 miniature footballs. You know, that because of COVID protocols, they're not able to come over and do signings and, like, meet and greets and shake hands and stuff. They're supposed to keep their distance from the fans. And so they, they signed all these, these foam footballs. And at the end, a bunch of the players ran out to the buckets and, and grabbed the footballs and threw them out. And so uh, other than that and, and um, a couple of different media things from, from Miss Amy talking on the – Jumbotron and then JR and, and Mike taking the mic and uh, talking with Mike Keith on the sideline, talking to the fans, addressing the fans. Um, there was a little bit of fanfare going on, but it really was. And I think they really were trying to mix that fanfare with the experience of getting to come to training camp because, because of that being missing from the, uh, from the fan base this year because of the construction. I think they were kind of trying to, to merge the two because there really was some serious football practice going on. Yeah, and, and one of the things that I saw, and, and obviously you're talking about throwing the, the uh, footballs in the fans. I liked uh, Roger Saffold uh, going and picking up a ball and taking it over to a, a little girl in the stands and coming back screaming, I'm vaccinated, I'm vaccinated. You know, those kind of interactions that you you, you haven't been able to see in a long time. But I mentioned yeah. I mentioned it earlier. You had kind of a cool angle there for, uh, you know, my heart and soul for football, and that was the interior line. Uh, offensive line specifically looked like was working right there in the corner where you were. 
And you got some great angles of, of some some drills. I think you posted uh, Bud Dupree going uh, kind of on air. I, I call it on air because you've got two guys that are coming back off knee injuries going against each other, but they both look pretty snappy in their, in their setup. But it wasn't a whole lot of contact and everything. But how, how was that experience being that close to those large individuals and watching those drills and, and their, their, their interior stuff? Well, it's always wild, you know, being up, up close and personal with such just massive human beings. But um, the the offensive line group was in that corner where I was where I was standing um, pretty much the, ma- the majority of the evening until we got to team period. And eventually the, the pass rush group came over and started doing drills together, um, which is that video you're referring to. It's in that video, yeah, Bud gets off a little bit late and Taylor gets off a little bit early. So it's not exactly the best form i would say of the two of them they're probably not as, as proud of that rep as as uh maybe they wish they they could be but but getting to getting to see them was interesting you know getting to see how the line was was working there were there were two of the starters there last night roger saffold and taylor Wan are out there and the the primary group that was running for the line drills was the and saffold in their usual spot and then they had raidens in at right guard i believe and they had Munyer at center, and so it was interesting to see. You know, they continue to play with where they want Raidens to, to fit in, and I, I just I wonder, I wonder if that's really more helpful or harmful to his development being switched around so often on the line. Um, I, I'm not I'm not entirely sure the team knows where they want him exactly um, because they keep moving him so much. But getting to see those guys was great, and uh, getting to see Big Jeff and and Bud. You can you can just tell by the way that they carry themselves. Jeffrey Simmons and Bud Dupree and Bud, you know, just being new to the team has already really established a rapport with that group, um, with those pass rush, rushers. The way that the two of them carry themselves, they they are the leaders of that group, and um, it's just the leadership is really palpable from from the two right. of them. They they're they're watching and talking and hyping each other up, and constantly in in the ears of the other guys, giving tips, giving pointers demonstrating stuff for him so that was really cool so speaking of hyping things up uh, i'm going to give you your moment here obviously you're new we've had some changes at broadway so uh moment of truth here hype yourself up is why you're better than mike miracles (laughs) (laughs) spicy well well i think i think the biggest thing i have going for me is i'm still here right um and so (laughs) the fact that that I'm here. No, Mike is fantastic. Mike's actually the reason that I that I got in with with Broadway Sports in the first place. Um, I'm certainly not the Adonis of a giant that he is. Um, I like the the I, the, I, the myth of Mike Miracles continues to grow. He is a literally. tall human being, but he's now apparently the Rock combined with Shaq. So I just want to point that out there. But sorry, Easton, you continue. No, I, I mean it's event. By the end of the season, I think he's going to be in Greek mythology. It's going to be actual giant stone giant throwing mountains. Um, Mike will be but, <laughs> the, the age of Mike. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be an entire age in, in the pantheon of history. But but yeah, um, it's it's been exciting getting to, to get in and and I, I've fostered a relationship with Mike the last year, just getting to talk to to him on social media and get to join the group. And so I'm going to try my I mean, people. I think just. It's the timing of, of my joining Broadway that happens to correspond to the timing of him stepping away, which has nothing to do with one another. Led some on Twitter to believe that I was brought in to replace him, which is not true. Um, so, but I'm going to do my best to uh, try to fill his shoes, at least just fill the quantity, because that man just, he put out so much content. He ate, slept, and breathed it, I think. Yeah, nobody, nobody tell Easton that that is why we brought him. But no, I'm kidding, Easton. I'm kidding. <laughs> and, and and Mike's not handling retirement too well because I still see him tweet tweeting and posting about his. He just can't he can't turn his brain off, and that that's a good and a bad thing because that's where when I stopped coaching, it took me a good. I couldn't I couldn't watch a football game without critiquing every single play, and I was annoying to watch a game with. And finally, Jonathan and I actually bonded over that, that I would watch a game and I'd be talking about the plays. And after like my third or fourth time doing this, man, I'm sorry. He goes, no, that's, that's fine. Keep going. Keep going. You know? So we like talking about that kind of stuff, but it took me a while to withdraw from that and kind of exit that. So take Mike a little bit to get used to this, but he's doing it for the right reasons. Family always comes first, no matter what you are in life. And uh, we are going to miss him around here, but we, like you said, we're, Filling the gap admirably, and those first two articles you've done, uh, 
put out the risers and fallers from week one. Of course, this one, your live takes from uh, practice just shows your your commitment and what kind of stuff you're going to be putting out. So, so kudos there, and we'll look forward to a whole lot more. So anything else from the live practice, uh, Jonathan, that you – I mean, I, I know that – I touched on my big part, the, the big boys watching there, and I love I love the video of Raiden's getting – just to touch on this real quick, I love the video of you uh, uh, getting Raiden's little extra workout practice, working specifically on his quick set from the tackle position. And I see a, a message here in the chat where it sees, uh, you know, kind of talking about moving Raiden's around can be detri- detriment to his development. Uh, help me out with the name there about who the comment is there, John. That's I can't from Chris read Flint on Facebook. Thank you, Chris. So I, I've worried about that too, but I think, in my opinion, I've watched the film on him from from college and what little he had from his last year due to the COVID shortened season. But he he really works well in a zone type scheme, and he's a very fluid athlete at offensive line. I think, in, in in my opinion, that plays anywhere. I think that he could be a backup to multiple positions on the line. So I don't think it's a necessarily a bad thing that they're getting him snaps at guard. Um, I'm like I love that you caught him working on knowing what he's trying to take over and seeing the the clearest path for him is that starting right tackle, not the backup to guard, because unless unfortunate things happen, Nate Davis has got that locked down. Well, the other thing I'd add add to that, uh, and and Easton, I know you're still with us here. We'll come back and get your thoughts on this here in just a second. But whenever you're teaching zone blocking at, you know, just a remedial level, I mean, the the rules are pretty simple, and they don't change at all depending on where you're playing with the basic rules, and that is – if you got a guy lined up, head up. Covered, uncovered. Block, block your guy. If you don't, help play side. And it's as simple as that. Now, obviously, it gets a whole lot more complicated because this is a heavy zone scheme. I don't think that will hurt him moving around quite as much as it would um, in maybe some other schemes. Now, obviously, you want to find a home eventually, right? But if they, if they, I think what you're seeing is they know he's going to need some time to develop. And where can he contribute? He can be that swing guy. You kind of saw that with Dennis Kelly early on in his career until he kind of settled in. So I think that's where he can find a home and still contribute because somebody's going to get banged up, whether it be short-term or long-term this season. And if he's the most capable guy of stepping into that role, because remember, uh, Aaron Brewer right now is injured. And that, that's a guy that they we're going to count on to be some depth on the interior O-line as well. All so. three probably. Yep. Easton, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, like I said earlier, I just I hope they have some vision for where they want him to play. Um, like like you guys said, I, you know, when they drafted him, you imagined that they would be having him take over at tackle, obviously. Um, and Nate Davis shouldn't have a problem continuing to hold his spot down with with the way that he's kind of broken out in the past year. But but then it it leaves me questioning if they're really set on that or if they think that. Maybe this is just some some method that they're using for development, getting him moved around so often uh, in practice. But I I do wonder if moving him so often, it feels like every other time we see we see him um, working, he's working in a different position. So I, I wonder if that's helping or hindering him. Yeah, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's hurting so much as as he's getting as long as he's getting some tackling. You saw in the preseason game he did get some reps out there tackling. I thought he settled in. I think because that's his more natural position or at least what he's used to. Um, but I just think that at this point in time, if you tell him that his best way to see the field is at guard, he'll probably do what he can to be that backup just in case. But I think that versatility is never a bad thing. Uh, your development, sure, but getting live in live NFL reps in any kind of capacity is always preferred over sitting over on the bench and never playing for your team. Isaiah Wilson. So thinking there, at least he's getting some work in, is my opinion. Now, if we get towards the middle of the season and we still haven't seen a major shift at the tackle, that's when I'm going to say, well, they drafted a guard in the second round. Right. Well, Easton, it has been a pleasure. Really happy to have you on with Broadway. Uh, obviously, just getting started this week, but we've already seen some great reviews out there from you, so I know we got a lot more to come here. So uh, really appreciate you joining us tonight, and I know we'll uh, probably have you on later on in the season. Awesome, guys. Pleasure being with you. Have a great rest of the show. Thank you, Easton. And this is where we would probably have a commercial break if, if we had some things. So we'll brought to you by Wild Hair, Hair Beer Company. We're still brought to you by Wild Hair Beer Company. <laughs> so we'll take a pause and do that. So, But no, Easton brought some good points. I, I wanted to get him on the show tonight because that article he wrote was fantastic. And to be honest with you, it kind of gives some insight. And obviously with our – 
having full-time jobs, we're not able to get out to some of that live stuff as much as we, we can. My daughter, I think, is involved in three different soccer leagues right now, so that's taking a little precedent for me as well. Uh, but it's always good to get those takes, so I'm glad we've got some Broadway representation at some of those things and uh, in, in giving that feedback. And I was jealous, man. Being that close to the offensive line, That's like I said, that's my heart and soul, and I, and I really enjoyed getting his take on some of that stuff. Yeah, no, I expect big things from him, obviously, no no pun intended, but big some big shoes to fill, but big opportunities, just like it's next man up. So Easton, uh, uh, big things from him coming up. One thing I did want to jump back to here, we did get another question in early on, and uh, Kenneth from uh, Periscope talking about the opportunity, whether or not they're going to, maybe we could see Josh Reynolds put on the PUP with the uh, Achilles to keep more receivers. I think if, if he was going to end up in that situation, I, I'm not sure he's out there on the practice field right now. I think you're, there's no reason of running him out there. I think they expect to get something from him early on in the season. So, I mean, if it was truly just about getting him healthy, then I think they'd already have shelved him right now. So is it possible? Sure. Does he continue to have setbacks? Are they trying to get through, you know, a week, see how it is? And if it just continues to be a hindrance, then maybe you could see something where he gets put on the shelf for a little bit. But I I still have to believe that that's somebody that they're expecting some big things out of early on. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned the other day, kind of in one of our personal chats, is that you think that the idea was they had Julio in mind quite a bit. If not Julio, something along those lines. They probably had some contingency plans. So Josh Reynolds was probably always going to be targeted a number three or or something in that kind of role in this offense, or at the very least someone that could help split out wide in certain sets like they like to move receivers around. And it's one of those things, too, where you see he's had one of his best practices, or at least from the reporting, is that he had one of his best practices here recently. Obviously, the news comes out about the Achilles and how it's kind of hit or miss for him every day. You know, obviously, you don't want him to have to deal with that. But at the same time, if he's if he's hit and miss, if he's more hit than he has missed, especially when it comes to practices, but he's still able to get some good work in, I, I don't really want to say put him where he's not going to be able to be used at all because you didn't go out there and get him to sit him down, especially if it's nothing something serious. Obviously, I'm not a doctor. Surprise there. So, you know, I'll, I'll kind of have to just rely on I know there's some distrust there when it comes to some things uh Vrabel says not that there's a lot of distrust but I I see the social media where you don't want to believe what he or John Robinson says at times but if they're saying that he's good and they if they make that decision to keep him active then roll him out there and just just deal with it I guess you're just gonna have to make a judgment call week to week I mean so he's uh there's a couple other receivers around the league that used to be like that and if you can just get a you know a good game out of them three out of three out of the five I think you're good no, I completely agree. So let's move on then. And I see one question coming in here from Titans Film Room asking what we can see for if from the game this weekend if the Bucks don't play any starters. That's a tease because we're going to get to it later in the show. So I'll come back to you. Thank you, Titans Film Room, for, for teasing there for us. Uh, yeah, so just wrap up there. We'll get to that in just a little bit because they, they are already in Tampa on their way down there, going to have their joint practices and everything. But I, I wanted to finish up just a couple other thoughts, too, because I did like that uh, Easton did put in his article, too, that uh, Sam Ficken was able to put on kind of a mini show at practice going eight for nine with a long of 53. When Tucker McCann went down uh, in, the, in the first preseason game, I went, well, crap, he was really doing well. But then, of course, Ficken – hits all his as well so maybe the kicking woes are over for the titans doubt it <laughs> i know it's just preseason i'm being very hopeful though but at the very least you don't want the guy who is literally nailing every kick to be hurt so good response there for ficken though that maybe just the next man up mentality in that maybe they'll they'll put tucker and ir again and have that whole debacle go <laughs> but there was a game there was a game let's and talk about it yeah we watched it together too it was good to see the Titans back uh, playing, even if it was a preseason. I know week one, blah, 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 blah. You had an interesting comment, though, at the very start. No starters on offense that you know of, and almost every starter on defense to start the game at least. What would you take on that? I mean, I think that's one something that you're, you're hoping there's some awareness. One, there's a whole lot more turnover on the defensive side, and that's a unit especially from the defensive backs and in pass coverage, even starting from the linebackers and moving backwards. you got to be – you got to be cohesive as a unit. You got to get some reps together. I mean, obviously, you're plugging in Julio on offense, and yes, that is a big add. But from the overall change in things, I think especially we'll talk about what we saw on offense. You didn't see a ton of change. Um, so when I see that the, the starters are out there on defense, I think it's more about getting those reps together than anything else. Because hey, I'll keep saying it until it's proven not true. The defense was dreadful. Last year, yes. I mean, like you were famous saying, if they just have a competent defense or just a bad defense, they're in the Super Bowl. 
Yep. Yep. So getting the starters some reps early and getting them as a cohesive unit, at least the ones that are going to be rotating in mainly is not a bad thing. Offense, I think you're still trying to figure out. We had all that that stuff come out about the the depth chart and all this. The starters, for the most part, are figured out. They're, they're, they're going to roll with who they're going to roll with. Injuries pending, of course. So it's good to see some of those guys that you're trying to make decisions on for some of those roles and everything like that. And there were some good performances on offense, I thought. I think that there was a lot of questions. People were saying that Logan Woodside clearly isn't a backup. Can't they get a better backup? I'm telling you right now, I thought he played – especially considering the offensive line that was in front of him for the most part of the game. I thought he played very admirably, made some great throws, was was mobile a little bit. He ran himself into a sack. I can't really blame Raidens for that one, but he did kind of let the, 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 the block out a little bit. But I thought Logan Woodside was fairly good. I think when you're talking about a backup, you don't need an all-pro there. You see someone that can come in and not lose you a game. I've always thought that Logan would definitely lose you a game. This was the first time I think I came away from any kind of organized football with Logan Woodside thinking, you know what? He may be able to string a couple series together if he needs to. Well, that's the thing. You don't want him to lose you the game. It's not that he can go out there and win it for you, but I think he's going to protect the football, and in this scheme, you don't necessarily need a quarterback to go out and win the game for you. So I think that's what Logan Woodside, he's going to play within himself. He's going to play within the scheme. He's going to take what the defense gives him, and I think that's where he can actually be an asset to you over somebody else where who, look, if you go down, every single coach does it. If you lose your starting quarterback, and this is not a bad thing. This is not a knock. It's just it's just facts. Every coach is going to get conservative. You're going to get into a situation where you go in to run the football and other players are going to have to step up and make plays. So you can hear the coach speak coming out in the postgame <laughs> or even pregame if you know that you're going to be missing your – Coach uh, speak. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, in that situation – Look, is Logan Woodside a you know top five backup? Is he a potential starting quarterback? No, he's not. But can he be a competent backup for a short term? Probably. And ultimately, if you lose your starter for longer than a short-term absence, your season's shot anyways. Right. And that's the thing is that do you really want to go with someone else who – you know, the backups are the backups because they can't find a job in the NFL. There's some can be some other situations where backups aren't getting jobs for whatever reason or other, but for the most part, it's because they can't beat out a starter anywhere else. So you really expect them to come in here and be in otherworldly. Uh, the, the other benefit about, about Woodside is that he should, at this point, know the majority of the offense and be able to be competent to handle possibly a bigger playbook. I'm not saying talent-wise he could be, but at least mentally he's been around enough to where maybe he can handle that that wider variety of plays and that way you're not as vanilla sending him in there against a starting defense for an opposing NFL team so there's something to be said there about that as well so when we're talking about coming in and replacing him with all this the danger there is is yeah you can get somebody out there who maybe worked a, diff- a similar system but they didn't work this system and they, they're going to have a learning curve coming in so I, I at this point in time seeing what I saw I'd prefer to stick with Woodside as the backup no I, I completely agree on that now let's talk about what they what we saw in offense and I think what everybody wanted to see was the same old thing. Don't make, don't mess things up. Don't, don't. What did I say last week? Don't uh, broke what's fixed. I think was my was my saying last week. And so that a mercurial. Yeah, mercurial. I'll work it in sometime <laughs> this show as well. So I mean, I think whenever you look at what you saw on offense, it, it to a large extent, it, it was more of the same. It was you know you're going to be running out with a tight end in to help block on that. You're going to go through the run game. Part of that may be because I think Vrabel wanted to get as get through a first preseason game as quickly as humanly possible but I think uh, what you saw the only real change is you did see a little bit more 11 personnel than maybe you saw previously and I think whenever you have a Julio Jones a Josh Reynolds and an AJ Brown that's not something to you know be surprised about but the offensive coordinator when he was out in Oakland or Vegas Oakland he was Oakland Oakland at the time the the artist formerly known as the Oakland Raiders bad haircuts that was kind of his staple he ran a lot more 11 personnel now for any of our viewers or listeners you're talking about 11 personnel that's three wide receivers you got one running back one tight end and so that tight end with the titans generally is going to be in line which is he's right off the tackle um other teams when you talk about a true spread that could be a you know a, uh, yeah, to be clear, you could have two tight ends on the field for the Titans, and based on the personnel, it still could be 11 personnel based on where they're playing Ferkser, so... Yeah, I mean, depending how you do it. I mean, but 11 personnel is still 11 personnel. So I think from that standpoint, you saw a little bit variation there. But ultimately, the the things that they were trying to do was nothing you haven't seen before. And frankly, for a first preseason game, you don't want to see a ton. 
Yeah, I, th- I think I said that the in during the last show that I wanted to see the offensive line because you knew there was going to be a bunch of backups, a bunch of guys that probably aren't going to make the team. Just how how would they could they even do anything productive? And I'll, and even though that they had a bad night, and I'm hoping that they aren't counting on some of those guys to make it through to the team and be in games for the most part. I wanted to see how Darrington Evans ran. I wanted to see how you know if there was a capable backup to Derrick Henry because. You know, there's not there's something to be said about giving Derrick Henry the ball every single time, but unfortunately, that's just not possible. I know he's he's otherworldly in his conditioning and the shape he's in, but the truth is, you need someone to be able to spell him at some percentage of the time. So I wanted to see Derrick Evans. We've been excited about him from last since last year, and with all the injuries and everything, you really haven't had that chance. You know, to what is he going to be in the NFL? I don't think he's gotten a fair shake, and unfortunately, in the first. Two series. I, th- I can't remember if it was the first or second series. Coming up lame. Did they ever come back? Was it a knee or an ankle? All we got was day-to-day. Day-to-day. So it didn't sound like it was hamstring, at least, I guess, is the positive thing there. But I didn't. I, I would have liked to have seen him come out of that unscathed. I thought he looked good in the couple runs he had before getting hurt. He looked like what I thought he was going to look in his own system. And I, I'm really excited to see him in that zone system because of his vision and his ability to cut on a dime and be able to use some of those windbacks or cutbacks that Super, Superhorn likes to harp on if you ever follow any of his breakdowns, um, which is very much what he's supposed to do. He also could be that third down running back and be able to catch some things out of the backfield so maybe you don't have to keep a Jeremy Jeremy McNichols around and those kinds of things um so unfortunately I'm still left coming from that game thinking well is he the guy to be the number two running back and unfortunately I really wanted to see if we could get that answer this preseason but if every preseason is going to end like that for him it's more of the same from Evans well I think from a true number two standpoint yeah you have some questions is he a guy that can step up if Derrick Henry goes down um, what you didn't really see is how I think they're actually going to use him a ton, and that is where being a receiver coming out of the backfield. And so I think he gets a little tweaked on there. You're just going to go ahead and pull him out. No reason to power through it. Sure, But, sure. yeah, the way they were running him, I don't think you're actually going to see that unless there is an injury to Derrick Henry, which, frankly, I don't – I mean, nothing there is going to, uh, you know, Knock fill that role. So there. Um, Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you – Sorry see, about that. You see whenever he can get back, but um, – they, I don't know. I, I still think he can fill the role that you're going to be looking for him to do. Got some weird looks in the bar from knocking on the on the bar there. <laughs> so, but I, I guess my point. I agree with you on that. I just I just would have liked to have seen him come out of that because uh, I don't think he was going to play much more than that anyway. You know that night, so I just would have rather that not have happened to it. Uh, we touched on Raiden's earlier about playing in at guard and then moving out to tackle. I thought he did much better out of tackle throughout the game. I thought he had some rough spots, but run blocking I thought he did well. Uh, Yes, you're going to roll your eyes and make a comment here, but I thought Miller Forstall played is. very there well. I thought I was very surprised with the run blocking that he was able, not just the touchdown pass, whatever. That's a wheel route, linebacker bit, and if he drops it, it's a problem. It's more of a problem if he drops it than if he catches it. That's an expected catch in the NFL. So I'm not going to talk too much about that, but he looked fluid in it. But I really liked the blocking there. Whether he makes this team or not is still yet to be seen because there's a lot of talent there. Stalker, of course, look good as well. So there's a lot going on there at tight end. Um, but those are my takes from offense. And I also want to get your thought, too, because you saw some electricity out of Chester Rogers uh, from not just the receiving position, but in the punt return game. And I think that that was one of the big things that stung, stuck out to me. So what is your kind of thoughts now on the receiving position for the, for the Titans after that first game? Yeah, I mean, I think everybody, all the talk was around Marcus Johnson, whether he was going to come in here and snag a spot. Is he going to take Josh Reynolds' spot? Well, I mean, that that has ended very abruptly. Yep. And so when it comes to Chester Rogers, I thought he looked really good at punt return. Um, now, he also had some catches there. He, I think he's competing directly with Cam Batson, and I think this this team, this coaching staff, really likes Cam Batson. So Batson, Batson knows – Batson knows this offense. He's familiar with it. Look, Rodgers is a better punt returner, looks electric at punt returning, but when you have an offense that is top five, I don't care. Can you catch the football? Literally fair catch every time. Don't give up a long punt. Yeah, could you steal an offense, uh, an offensive touchdown? One or two sure. is a spectacular season for a punt returner. Guess what? With this offense, if it's what you expect it to be and what you need it to be to win a Super Bowl – Chances are that offense is going to score a touchdown, anyways. Yeah, but there's there you, you can't argue with that. The the closer you start to the goal line, the the higher your percentage of touchdowns goes. I mean, that just it makes sense that the shorter field you have to drive, the more opportunities you're going to have. More opportunities you have, the more chances of points you get. So having a competent punt returner to me that can at least get you another eight yards over expected and not fumble it is the key there. And I think my point with them is you're watching some of these lower receiver battles. And you have a guy that you that you watch and you go, wow, 
he could bring something a little extra to that punt return. Maybe it's not a whole lot of touchdowns, but maybe he he, he nets an average of getting us eight to twelve yards uh, of field position or whatever the analytics. Yeah, if everything else say. is created equal, then sure, I'll take the better punt returner. If we're just talking punt returns, but when yeah. you're talking about roster assembly and what Cam Batson has in what he has brought to this team. I'm not sure that it's enough to beat him out. Now, I do think he's the closest one in that battle at this point. Um, can he do that? What I haven't seen, they were running him primarily out of the slot. You saw Batson playing outside. He can mm -hmm. play all of those positions. So, again, when you talk about those guys at the lower end of the roster, they got to be able to do more than one thing. Yeah, and that, I guess that was my only point, is he's not hurting himself by proving he can do more than one thing. And then maybe when they come down to some decisions on whether they're going to keep some drafted guys or not or however that's going to work out that he can make some decisions at least hard i guess is all i was trying to go there with that you could you can have your opinion man we can, <laughs> we can disagree I, with it i like having a good bum returner i can't give I, me shorter fields i love it it's more impressive when i'm right if you're wrong <laughs> all right zach anyway uh, <laughs> so the, the rookie receivers though are a problem are a concern because they just didn't show up and kind of carry over some of those practice. We're not at all the practices, obviously, so who knows what they really look like. But the, the rave reviews that Racy McGrath was getting early, uh, Desert Patrick not really getting interviews, going through some drops. But then again, you hear people saying, don't believe everything you hear. But again, when they don't really play much in a preseason game like that, it's kind of tough to say that, well, yeah, I guess they are doing well when they're you don't see the product and when it comes out on the field. I mean, people saying don't believe everything you hear, I mean – if I'm hearing it from the head coach, then I think sure. I can believe it. And when the head coach is saying he needs to see a lot more for a fourth-round pick that you traded up for to make the roster, I think it's valid concerns at this point. It's a guy that has to step up, and I, look, he he's getting beat out by another rookie that was taking two rounds after him right now in Ray McMath, a guy that does more, again, when you talk about assembling a roster, can be that gunner on special teams. So I think it's an uphill battle, and I think he's easily – far down that depth chart i would be surprised if he makes the roster at this point i think they will probably cut him and try and stash him away on the practice squad and i think at this point you almost have to think that's just a safe face for the trade yeah uh potentially and just see if you can maybe develop him over some time so lots more there we didn't even touch on the defense much let's get into that just a second before we move on i know we're kind of running long here but you know offensive line and offensive stuff is kind of where my heart is not defense is more apparently you know, your side apparently practices is where your heart is <laughs> I, I just love football you know sue me you know um but it, 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 on the defensive side you did see a lot of spark a lot of good things uh the one that stuck out to me and i tweeted it on, on during the game was weaver man he just really popped made a lot of plays uh he wasn't rated if you believe in the ratings all that good stuff he wasn't rated as highly as maybe i thought he should have i thought he had some good fits he was really pressuring off the edge and i know I, I can already see a comment coming in or someone naysaying saying well you know he's doing it against lower level competition well you know what if he's not going to pop like i said that last week about are you should you get excited about marcus johnson against third stringers four stringers if you're not going to pop there then i don't have much faith you're going to pop against the starters and he popped so well that i think you can insert him right now as the number three edge type position or however you want to work that out and he can make a difference on sundays like we everyone talks about you know he's popping against these third stringers and and i think that is more true for veterans guys that have been in the nfl um guys that stand out because it's even these third stringers in the nfl they're better than college competition i mean it, for for the most part, I mean, you go against some loaded teams in college, maybe not, but for the most part, those are still grown adults that you're playing against. Wrong so man. look at looking at them uh, and the way he performed is exactly what you want. Is, you know, are we putting him in the Hall of Famer yet? No, but from a sense of having depth at a position that needs it, it was really exciting to see what he did. And he's it was a the way he went about it. He wasn't just running around an edge on people. It was, it, he is a big guy that was able to set the edge, had a secondary move to get off blocks and support in the great. run game. So there was a lot to be excited about what you saw to him. I, I really like what you saw from the DB play mm -hmm. out there. I think that they were aggressive. They were uh, staying with receivers. You, you know, we talked a lot on the offseason how they were trying to run a lot more man coverage. You didn't see a ton of it, um, but even in their matchup zone coverage that they were running, they were playing a lot tighter. Christian Fulton looked good on the outside. I think that is probably where he is better suited to play just with his body type. I don't know how often you want him inside playing in that nickel slot. So a lot to be excited on the defensive side Atlanta was very very vanilla playing backups all around so but again 
you'd be more worried if they look like crap against yeah, a team exactly. like that. So, if, if they gave up know, 20 points yeah. or 23 points, then you, you're a little more worried. Am I ready to say that this is a top five defense? Absolutely not. Am but I seeing what they have to be? Yeah, well, they don't have to be. But if they were going to be, that's what you would want to see, right? And right. I, I don't think they are, but you saw what you wanted to see. Right. So we had some other stuff to cover, but I, I kind of want to get to another topic on the first game in the second game, talking about looking forward to Tampa. The team is down there right now, uh, going to have those joint practices with the Buccaneers, and maybe we'll get some more cool little quips for between Brady and, and Vrabel or, you know, talk about horse racing or something. Uh, maybe talk about Diana's baby, you know, whatever comes up when they're out there in the field crossing each other again about helmets on and everything like I'm that. I'm so lost. I have no idea where you're at now. Well, I don't either. So, I mean, that, welcome welcome to my mind. Uh, but they are going to have the game, uh, I think, I think we discovered it was 6.30 on Saturday. Thanks, Darren, for that that heads up there. Uh, so 6.30 on Saturday, they're going to play. What are you looking for is, is this game and your expectations? Do you think the starters are going to play a little more? Generally, teams will ramp that up. I doubt very seriously you'll see all the starters, but what are your, what are your expectations or thoughts there on the starters? I think you'll see a little bit. Um, I, if I had to guess, you'd see a drive or two from most of the starters. I still don't think a guy like Julio is probably playing until week one, um, which – I could see an argument for getting him in there, in the, at least for a series, just because you know it is a new team. Um, but at the same time, it's Julio Jones. You know what he is. He can play in any system. And if he can't play in your system, you should be fired. You have a terrible system. So <laughs> it's one of those things. I think you'll get a few starters out there. Um, I think the defense, again, you'll see something similar to what you saw last time. But I think that week three... Um, really, I just don't think you're going to see many starters because that week three, because you don't have a week four, this is the closest you're going to get to a dress rehearsal because no coach in a 17-game season is going to play all the starters very long in week three because that's the, your last week until your bye week. So if you're going to see starters in the preseason, this is the week you're going to see them. Yeah, and honestly, like with Taylor Lewan, I don't need to see him in a game. I know what Taylor can do. I know he's coming back from knee injury, so he needs to get up to game speed. But I think that Taylor's one of those players that uh, – Taylor Lewan's one of those players that you have to just throw him out there and he's going to be – himself uh he looks like he's back and fit but i just i don't need him in a preseason game showing me that you know that's kind of thing same thing with julio i know what he can do I, for that point i don't want to see aj brown out there you've got enough going on with trying to decide what you're doing going to do with his receiver position battles let let those guys fight it out let let, let some of those third fourth fifth sixth seventh whatever string go through and see what they have to offer so you can make your final decisions uh, uh, you know with the rest of the offensive line you just want to see some guys get some maybe a few reps but go back to trying to figure out who your depth is past some of those guys you know you can count on Defensively, like you made a great point earlier, I meant to point this out. But it's, it's so much of a more of a fluid, you know, interaction with players coming on and off, depending on your sets and everything. I don't mind the starters playing a little more there and getting some more experience. But one thing I wanted to get your opinion on back on the defense is the inside linebacker rotation and what you saw out of that linebacker group and what you're hoping to see out of this game. Yeah, I mean, you saw Evans trotted out there and. You know, the, the, with the first string last week, I think this if, if they really want to send a message, who is your starting inside linebackers this week against Tampa? I think that Evans is good at certain things. Mm -hmm. I think from an overall versatility in today's NFL, I think he is extremely limited. And so I think the coaches have to adjust. And I think you're going to see more playing time from a guy like David Long, who is he going to make some mistakes? Sure. Uh, but man, he pops on film. When you talk about the aggression that Rashawn Evans gets a ton of credit for having, Long shows it a ton more when he's not at the goal line. And I said it last week. Yes, Rashawn Evans is great at the goal line. Guess what? You're not at the goal line as much if Rashawn Evans is not playing inside linebacker for you. And that's the, that is the facts right now. And so ultimately you have to make an adjustment. And th with the speed of the NFL, I think David Long uh, and ultimately maybe Monty Rice gives you more in that, in that position than what we have seen out of Rashawn Evans to this point. Yeah, I, almost, I always kind of almost forget about Monty Rice just because I think Zach hated him so much. I just kind of put him out of my mind. But I thought he did well in the game as well, so I'd like to see a little more out of him to see what he can do, uh, see about the rotation. Because as you saw last year, linebackers are going to get hurt too. We, we saw what happened with Jalen. You've got to kind of know what some of your rotational pieces are there, and I want to see them get a little more in this preseason than, say, your starters. And maybe send that message to Rashawn. I mean, he had a bad year. There's no skirting that. And he – needs to improve and I don't know if the improvements he can make are going to be there because he can work out a lot harder and he can do all these things I just think that there's some physical limitations to his game he is listen 
he is great straight ahead when he knows what's happening. He can diagnose it right away and he can get downhill. He's one of the best in the game to get downhill and do that, especially in a 10-yard kind of scenario. But you ask him to start reading and doing some of these other things, that's where he can get a little lost, or at least he did last year. Maybe some things changed for him, but I'm going to have to see it before I think that he can do those things. I didn't see it last year. Yeah, and I think ultimately the disappointing thing is, you know, preseason football, We t- what do we talk about on offense? Teams keep it simple, keep it super simple the whole time. That is a game, that is a scheme. Those are games that a middle linebacker should excel in. It is basic football. Go with the basic reads that you've been looking at since you've been playing Pop Warner football. And if you're not standing out right there, I'm not sure when you will. Right, which brings us back to the point we've made. Pop in these games and you'll get some, and you'll get some, and you'll get some run at least in my opinion. So anything, before we move to the last game, the last position, anything you want to see out of the corners? No, I think I'd be interested to see if Caleb Farley gets any any playing time. Um, I know he's close. He traveled with the team, wanted to be a part of that. It may still be a little bit soon, but obviously uh, seeing how they line some things up and seeing how they perform um, when they have the full stable of unit or uh, full stable of players out there, ultimately, is Christian Fulton going to bounce inside or is he going to stay outside? That's where the question really is going to uh need to be sorted out. I think Fulton is an outside corner. So is it Janoris Jenkins extending his playing career by moving inside? He's a physical guy. He's a fairly big-bodied guy that's willing to go mix it up. Um, so I, that is what I really want to see is who is their nickel corner right now. It may be Chris Jackson. Yeah. Can you tell me more about your, your full unit that you got into there? This is a non-safe-for-work podcast now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So we're, we're going to take one more one more topic for our beer review, give Darren enough chance to collect himself and get over here near the mic uh, so he can tell us a little bit about the, the tasty beer we have tonight that we've been tasty we've been sipping on. Time? Yeah, so but we're, while we're getting Darren to come over here, do you any other thoughts on the NFL or any other high headlines that grabbed your attention? Well, I'm, I'm a sucker for the uh, rookie quarterbacks. I'm on record as saying that Justin Fields will end up as the rookie of the year. Uh, I just think he brings that to the table. I but ultimately, I think it matters where you end up as a player. And Trey Lance and where he ended up in San Francisco is just such a great position for a quarterback to be in um, that that may just be too much. Now, I will say Justin Fields, I think, looked very good. He People will say he struggled early on. But if you're looking at actually where he's positioning the football on those throws, his biggest issue is he's almost too patient, right? He holds onto the football. Um, and you like that to an extent. But is that going to, you know, come back to bite him as Titans fans? We'll see. You go back to Marcus Mariota, a guy that hung onto the football constantly and it got him in trouble. So there is a downside to that. But I really like what I saw out of both of those rookie quarterbacks. Um, and I'll be interested to see how they kind of build on it. And ultimately, uh, if either one of them becomes the starter by week one. Yeah, I know you didn't mention the future rookie of the year, Mac Jones. That may end up happening too. I mean, I got, I'll admit he he's look he's looked pretty good. But when you talk about the weapons around him, sure. it's uh, the, the, I mean, when Nikhil Harry is your, your tight end, he's making Kelvin Benjamin look uh, look appetizing. I use that word specifically for Kelvin Benjamin. Oh, some biscuits going on. Yeah. Well, it, the young quarterback's always kind of a, a hit or miss thing for me. Uh, I. I had some strong feelings about Justin Herbert last year and what I thought he could do if he got the chance, but it took a stab to the lungs to get that chance. So that wasn't a guaranteed thing. But then once he got in there and took over, it was clear. Are you saying that somebody should set something up to stab some starting quarterbacks in the lungs? I mean, if these younger quarterbacks are willing to to Look out, Andy Dalton. (laughs) Well, I – can't beat out Andy Dalton. I got some other questions, but maybe the coaching – maybe not for Justin Fields, but maybe for some of the, uh, the coaching staff. At that point, I'd argue Andy Dalton is a better quarterback right here and now than Cam Newton. Sure, but I think that Justin Fields could be better than Andy Dalton. Oh, I'd agree with that. I just wanted to make a point that if you're saying you can't beat out Andy Dalton, you you can't beat out. Fair enough. Fair enough. So let's get Darren over here if he's ready. I'm ready, bro. All right, sir. Come on in. I'm going to turn your mic up here. I'll adjust it as you start talking into it. Welcome back, fellas. Thank you, sir. It's good to be back. Thank you for having us last time. We're we're really enjoying this. So you guys are drinking the Shotgun Wedding, which is a, a brown ale from Lexington, Kentucky. The brewery is Country Boy. It's It drinks like a people that come in and like lagers or like pilsners. I direct them to that sometimes. You know, it looks darker, but it really does drink like a light, crispy beer that you could drink on a kayak or on a pontoon or 
at a Titans preseason game. You know what I mean? It, 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 we're not very specific on where you drink, just not in a car. Um, <laughs> yeah, not while driving. Yeah, not yeah. while you're Doing driving. Donuts, yeah. those kind of things. Uh, yeah. Don't try this if you're listening to us on your commute in. Um, yeah, but if, if you can find – it's pretty readily available. There are, A lot of breweries don't mass produce, and, like, that's the problem with craft beer right now. But Country Boy, they make a lot of shotgun wedding, and it's vanilla bean. It's crisp. If you see it at Kroger or Publix – Forget about it and just come here and buy it. And <laughs> that way you can just, you know, buy a couple yep. and have a couple, you know. Yeah, I, I it, it reminds me a little bit. I've had uh, almost that uh, peanut butter lager, and I think that's the vanilla bean that I'm tasting. Yes, you're definitely getting the bean, the roast in that. But it it's not heavy sitting no. like a porter. It's complexionally dark, but, you know, it's light on the taste and the... You know the stomach. It's it's not yeah. gonna weigh you down very hard. You know, I like it. Yeah, it's it's it looks like it should taste like a heavy beer, and it does yeah. have some of that taste, but it doesn't sit like a heavy. Yeah, beer. it's yeah, got that porter look to it. Yeah, but it's got that like light crisp. Yeah, I don't quite have the uh, right after thirds on Thanksgiving feel. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm having. I don't have to. I don't feel like I'm having to chew yeah, my. Yeah, you're not gonna wake it, up so. and see the lions down by forty five. Yeah, exactly. You know <laughs> when you drink that. So. Well done. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, the beer rating time. I'm going to give it. It's not quite the IPA of last week. Sure. However, okay. I still like it, and yeah. I'm an IPA guy. So I'm going to give this. Uh, my PFF score is uh, 82.34. Out of? I think it's out of 100. That's oh. be, that'd be life. Oh, okay. That'd be life I'll take changing. that from an IPA yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah that, for life. sure. So, I'm, a, I'm an IPA guy, but not a picky guy. I, yeah. can't, I can't remember where your stats were last week. I thought you were at a 9.2 for that IPA, <laughs> and I was probably around a 9.9, .9, honestly, for me with that that last year because that was last year. Wow, <laughs> last week. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed that. Go. I am not. I'm not a fan of the, the heavier beers for sure, but I would I would consider this as well. I'm probably gonna be more like an 8.5 if I was 9.9. .9 is there. that out of 100 like mine? No, is, no, it's out of 10. Let's okay. go to 10 like for that. me because I. I can't count he, yeah, past he, 10. He, he's a Bama fan, so his scale yeah, give me gets some a, break. Former offensive hey, roll line. roll time, man. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Julio. But I, I, I do enjoy this. I mean, I haven't had a bad beer yet here, so, I, you know, and you get a little lesson from it, too, if you come in and it'll tell uh, you all about the beer and, and how it's supposed to taste and what you're supposed to be tasting. So you got to like that. All right. Thanks, guys. Tighten up. Thanks, Tighten Aaron. up. Thank you, sir. 1-0. We're undefeated. Let's go. It's <laughs> preseason calm down. I'm kidding. <laughs> So that's our beer review uh, tonight as well. We're going to keep doing this all throughout the season. Uh, depending on if we ever, if we can ever get up here for Sundays, you may see some more inebriated beer reviews from us, depending on how deep wow. we get into it. So uh, for sure. But that's going to close us out for us tonight. This has been the Coach's Corner. Hold on. Pod. Okay. Hold I'm on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jason York on YouTube. Cheers to you as well, sir. A mini chug there to finish the show. I can clear my now, voice. Yeah, now go ahead and try yeah, to now, now go ahead and try to the yeah. <laughs> uh, Like I said, this has been the Coach's Corner, part of Broadway Sports Network, live from Wild Hair, Hair Beer Company. Every Tuesday night, come out and join us sometime. Have some of these beers with us and give us your thoughts as well. Remember, be sure and check out all of the other podcast articles and video breakdowns that Broadway Sports has to offer at broadwaysportsmedia.com and on Twitter at BroadwayTM. Check out the show at Coaches on Broad. Follow Easton Freeze, our new writer, at Easton Freeze. Follow JB at JB on Broad, myself at Ryan on Broadway. Until next time, we out. See ya. Brought to you by Broadway Sports Media.